shut up, you listen to my monkey mouth. As a companion, when you got pun on the canoe route, popped in a portal and got in a fight. Elias knocked him out. Bow, Marco fighting style. Bow, you'll see he tapped out. Bow, we win, we get crowned. Monkey mouth, monkey mouth, monkey mouth, monkey mouth. Alrighty, everybody, welcome back to this, the 41st iteration of the Konoha Companion. This is Joshua, as always, and I'm your Konoha Companion. And on this episode, we're going to be covering episode 40 of Naruto, entitled Kakashi and Orochimaru Face to Face. Before I dive too far off into that, though, I do want to go over what happened on the previous episode in my own words kind of briefly, just to make sure we're all caught back up. So, uh, Yoroi and Sasuke fought. Uh, Sasuke kicked Yoroi off of him, and he wounds up using a variation of the attack that Bushy Brow used on him in the past. Uh, the primary Lotus, um, to defeat Yoroi, he's able to do so because he used his Sharingan during the fight with, with Rock Lee. Uh, mid-attack is Curse Mark acts up, but he's able to force it back just with, like, the force of his own will, which blows the minds of everybody who's looking at the situation and knows what's going on. Naruto also notices this, um, but Sakura winds up covering for Sasuke and acting like nothing's going on. Sasuke wins the fight with the Lion's Mirage, which is again a variated form of the primary Lotus that he got from uh, using his Sharingan on Rock Lee whenever Rock Lee used it on him before they entered the Chunin exams. Uh, Sasuke admits internally that learning from Rock Lee was the difference in the fight. Everyone acknowledges Sasuke as badass. Uh, Ten Ten even uh, says that like he's the strongest of the grade and she'd love to see how him and Neji would pan out if they fought considering Neji was the strongest of last year's grade. Uh, Sasuke reminds Guy Sensei of a young Kakashi, which is like super flattering. Kakashi and Sasuke go and steal the curse mark. Uh, the next fight is revealed to be Zaku, which is uh, the like slicing sound wave guy who got his arms broken by Sasuke, part of Team Dosu, member of the Sound Village, underling of Orochimaru, uh, versus Shino, who is uh, the the bug the bug jutsu user from the the Leaf Village. Zaku attacks, um, but he's ultimately blocked by Shino, um, but then he hits, uh, he hits Shino with the slicing sound wave, which sends Shino to the floor, like, smoking, like, clearly having been hit really hard. Uh, Kakashi successfully seals the mark, and Orochimaru reveals himself to Kakashi, and the episode ends, um, and yeah, so that's how the episode went, um, this episode starts, it kind of takes us a little ways back in kind of traditional Naruto fashion. It starts with uh, Kakashi sealing the curse mark, uh, Kakashi explaining the curse mark to Sasuke, how basically uh, it's only as strong as, uh, as his will is, right? So the moment that he falters, so too will the curse mark. Uh, Sasuke passes out uh, just from the pain and the exhaustion of going through that process. Uh, and that's when Orochimaru emerges from the shadows and gets Kakashi's attention by calling out, long time no see. 
the title slide comes in and it's uh, Naruto reads Kakashi and Orochimaru face to face. Orochimaru tells Kakashi to move aside his businesses with Sasuke. Uh, Kakashi demands to know uh, what Orochimaru wants with him, right? Obviously it's his student. He doesn't want him to get taken and if like, he can get any knowledge from Orochimaru and it's going to be good for him to like understand what the bait really is and how to how to keep him from him. Orochimaru remarks on how long it's been uh, since they've interacted and how uh, Kakashi's gotten the Sharingan since their last meeting uh, and how he basically envies his good fortune and how he wants the power of the Uchiha as well. And so uh, basically uh, Orochimaru is after uh, Sasuke Sharingan, right? Like how um, evi you know, evidently there's some way for these guys to get Sharingans that aren't necessarily uh, Uchiha clan and it can happen as you know an adult or you know whenever right I mean uh, Orochimaru and Kakashi have history and Kakashi didn't have the, the Sharingan back then and so uh, it would be safe to assume that Orochimaru could also acquire a Sharingan and obviously uh, Orochimaru is already like OP as it is, uh, or at least that's the way it seems, and so uh, him with a Sharingan will probably be like really, really bad news, and so now it's clear that like, what what's going on, what, what Orochimaru is really after. It takes us back to the fight between Zaku and Shino, and Shino's like still on the ground smoking from where he got his ass blasted by the uh, slicing sound wave. Zaku asks if Shino's had enough, um, but Shino's actually able to stand up after having absorbed the blow to Shino's, uh, or rather to Zaku's amazement. Zaku realizes that Shino has bugs um, coming out of him, right? And he remarks that he's like a he's like a human hive, right? And so this is the first time they've really gotten a real good look. There was a point uh, during the first round of the Chunin exams where Shino used his bugs to uh, get some answers for the test, I believe, and so we were like kind of alluded to him using bugs, but it was never really shown, right? But now like Zaku's like clearly calling it out that like this dude is like a living human bug hive, or at least that's what it appears to him at this point. Uh, and then right in that moment, suddenly, like, millions of beetles are come creeping up behind Zaku. And Zaku realizes it, and he's, like, shocked by the sight of these, like, millions of bugs. Shino explains that his bugs are a type of parasitic beetle that attack their prey in a swarm and that eat their chakra, and that his horde could suck Zaku dry in less than a minute. He then offers for Zaku to forfeit again because, clearly, Zaku's not going to be able to fight two enemies at once. One being Shino himself, and the other being this horde of chakra-sucking beetles. Uh, and that it's always wise to have an ace up the hole. Uh, Zaku flashes back to when he met Orochimaru, and this is pretty neat because we get to see uh, some of Zaku's backstory, and we get to kind of see how Orochimaru acts, and like it's, it's a neat one. Um, basically, he was a thief on the streets as a young child, uh, and he like stole some bread 
and uh, he's getting pursued by the people who he stole from. He winds up getting cornered in a dead end and beaten up by his pursuers, and they wind up leaving him a piece of bread um, out of just, like, pick. Um, he eats it, crying alone in shame in, like, this dead-end alley in the city. Uh, when he finishes the bread, he begins to walk away. When he hears Orochimaru call out, you have potential boy. And uh, it's like from the shadows off behind him and like it gets Zaku's attention and he turns in the direction of where the voice had come from. Um, but ultimately he sees nothing. Uh, and when he uh, goes to continue along his path, he turns around and Orochimaru's just standing there in front of him. Which is <laughs> neat. Like he's a ventriloquist act or maybe he's just super fast. But uh, either way, he was able to like Jedi mind trick this kid into like being right in front of him, which is dope. Um, Orochimaru explains that he, uh, he saw something in Zaku, a look in his eye. He then tells him, if you come with me, I'll make you strong, boy. He then turns and walks away, and as he's walking away, calls out, follow me. Zaku thinks on it as, uh, Orochimaru's walking away, and he decides to chase after Orochimaru in hopes of becoming strong. Uh, back in the battle uh, arena between uh, Zaku and Shino, Zaku thinks back to another instance where Orochimaru had told him, Be my weapon, do my bidding, Zaku, and you'll become strong. He flashes back to him doing battle with a hidden sound village ninja. Uh, the char they charge each other and clash, and Zaku sends uh, his adversary flying, and it leaves a huge crater in the ground. He looks to the moon and sees Orochimaru telling him, do not disappoint me. He then flashes back to getting his arms broken by Sasuke and thinks, never again. He then yells to Shino, that does it, now you've made me mad. He then yells and fights through the pain and points his uh, like broken but too broken of arm to, to not work. He like flexes and busts it out of his, uh, his little sling and like points one hand at the horde and one hand at Sheena. He then laughs and mocks, like you said, always have an ace in the hole, right? Dosu laughs internally, thinking it was all a ploy to make him think he only had one good arm. I don't know if that was necessarily the case. Um, I don't know if he actually only had one good arm and he just, through force of will, made it so that he could use his other arm, or if he was like kind of playing possum the whole time, I don't really know. Back at the Orochimaru and Kakashi standoff, Orochimaru reveals that he's the force behind the sound village, he literally created it. He also reveals that to get what he wants, he's willing to use as many people uh, as he needs to, like chess pieces, uh, getting pawns to do his bidding. Right, real, real ugly, narcissistic type of shit. Uh, and at this point, when he's referring to like using people as pawns, it flashes to Zaku, uh, yelling as he's getting, uh, as he's going to like blow Shino away. Kakashi asks if Sasuke is uh, one of these pawns, and Orochimaru reveals that Sasuke is a much more valuable piece than a pawn. Um, he then goes on to say that in the game of chess, some pieces must be sacrificed. And at this point, it shows Zaku's jutsu malfunctioning, 
and it puts his arms in like excruciating pain and you can see like chakra like erupting out of his arms in different direct in like every direction. Shido reveals that he had his bugs clog up Zaku's wind holes and that uh, one ace up the sleeve is good but that two is better. So it's great. Shino said it's good to have an ace up the sleeve. Zaku called back to that and then Shino one up to so it was clever, clever writing in the in the show. At this point, it takes us back to the standoff uh, between Orochimaru and Kakashi, where Orochimaru steps towards Kakashi, uh, and Kakashi at that point demands for him not to come any closer, and he busts out his Chidori, which is uh, his like uh, ball of lightning chakra that he holds in his hands that he uh, took out Haku with. He then tells a uh, he then tells Orochimaru that he doesn't care if he's one of the legendary Sanin, the three legend, the, the three shinobi of legend. Uh, if he takes one step towards one more step towards Sasuke, one of them will die there. And so this is like a really badass moment. Um, again, Orochimaru is one of these legendary three Sanin. We don't really know much about the Sanin at this point, but the well, we know that they're literally like legendary um, ninja and so uh, Kakashi basically just stood his ground against a legendary ninja and uh, to save his students to save Sasuke and so that's super badass like go Kakashi the dude is a real one just sort I mean remember how badass Orochimaru was during the forest to death the way just like the glare from him uh, shook everybody, gave them like the, the the like fear paralysis, and Kakashi just stared that dude right in the eye and was like, well, "One of us gonna die here if you keep fucking with me, if you keep coming to try and get Sasuke." And so, um, dude's got like balls of steel. Is the only way to really put it. This, uh, of course, <laughs> makes Orochimaru just. He gives like a big old belly laugh. And Orochimaru then tells Kakashi that all his noble efforts are in vain and that his seal won't hold and that it can't keep Sasuke from what he really desires. Sasuke is an Avenger. His heart beckons for only one thing and he'll have no... Uh, it doesn't matter how many obstacles they put in his way, he's going to go and get that. Kakashi demands that Orochimaru will not be able to take advantage of that in Sasuke. And so this is neat that uh, Orochimaru from the outside can already pin Sasuke as an Avenger. And Kakashi knows that Sasuke is an Avenger and is trying his best to keep uh, that from being manipulated and sending Sasuke down the wrong path. Orochimaru walks off, but as he does, he tells Kakashi at some point Sasuke will come to him in search of power. And so, um, it looks like Kakashi did it at this point, right? Like the legendary Sanin, like, turn tail. But, uh, he, it is, it is a little, uh, unsettling that he's saying that, uh, of Sasuke's own volition, he's going to come and seek out Orochimaru so that he can 
so that he can acquire what he's looking for, which is ultimately the strength to be an appropriate Avenger. He then suddenly stops walking and admits that this plan would all fall apart if Kakashi were to kill him right then and there, and dares Kakashi to take his shot while his back is turned. Kakashi hesitates for a second, and Orochimaru disappears into the shadows. And so, uh, man, Orochimaru is like a scary dude. Like, literally had his back to Kakashi and was like, hit me if you think you can, bro. Like, you can stop my plan right now if you can kill me. And uh, Kakashi decided not to go in for the kill, right? Like, let's just save Sasuke right now, get Orochimaru out of here, and we'll regroup. And so, uh, you know, we all have mad respect for Kakashi at this point, right? He's, he's the one who took, you know, took out uh, Haku and them, and is like a really, really talented ninja. And he, at the end of the day, when he had the opportunity, was like, I'd rather not fight Orochimaru. Let's just keep in mind, like, where the hierarchy is right now for everybody. He then thinks to himself, one of us will die here? I must have been out of my mind which might be true. Uh, back in the battle arena, the proctor of the third exam, Hayate Gekko, the one with the cough, looks over Zaku's injuries, which are significant. His arms are all jacked up from the beetles clogging up his air holes, forcing the jutsu to rip holes in his arms. And he uh, determines that Zaku has had it and declares Shino as the winner. And uh, it like blew holes in his arms, my dude. Like it like literally imagine he's trying to f shoot a jet stream of air out of his hand hole. All of a sudden it's clogged. What just made his forearms act like balloons and you know, pipe pipe forearms for a second until they popped. And, uh, and that's what he's dealing with right now. So not only is, are his arms broken, but now he's had his air holes blow apart his arms. So Zaku's in like a really bad way after the Chunin exam. He uh he he did not have a good good day at the office at, when it went to the Chunin exam, to say the least. Rock Lee doesn't understand what happened and asks Neji to take a closer look, who busts out his Byakugan and locks in it locks it in on Shino. And remember, the Byakugan is a Dao Jutsu, uh, a visual jutsu. And it is a Keke Genkai of the Hyuga clan. I don't know if they've gone and told us all that specifically yet, but if he's busting it out, I want you guys to understand what's happening there. It's basically like the Hyuga version of the uh, of the Sharingan, and he's able to like see Jutsu, and he's able to uh, see chakra flow and like all kinds of neat stuff with it. And, and he and he locks it in on Shino. And at this point, he sees that the bugs actually live inside of Shino, right? Uh, Zaku had it pegged. He, he's literally like a big, big living human beetle hive. Uh, and it, this like blows Neji's mind. Neji thought that uh, Shino had been using some form of a summoning jutsu, like how uh, Kakashi got his ninja hounds in on the fight with Zabuza. He thought that he was just summoning bugs, but no, this dude's like literally got bugs living inside of him and like has like a big huge horde of bugs living inside of him. And uh, basically they, they share chakra. It's how they, it's how it's like a, a mutually beneficial arrangement for them both. 
Uh, Lee, Neji, and Guy Sensei discuss a legend of a bug taming clan in the leaf who allows bugs to live inside of them and eat off their chakra in exchange for obedience and help in battles. And this is clearly an example of such a bug master. And it's Shino Avarame, so I think it's, you know, at this point you can conclude that the Avarame clan are the legendary bug master clan from within the leaf village. Dosu and King talk amongst themselves uh, as the medical crew gets Zaku out of there. Keen doesn't understand what happened, so Dosu explains that uh, Shino used his bugs to clog the holes earlier in the fight, and that the primary exit for the air was blocked, and it all built up inside of his arms, and eventually something had to get. It basically turned his arms into balloons and popped them, as I said earlier. Uh, Dosu admits they had little in common, him and Zaku that is, but uh, he fully intends to even the score just for Zaku and he like laughs maniacally right like he's got a whole new motivating factor like I didn't have a whole lot in common with Zaku but he's my comrade and now I gotta get him back for Zaku. Naruto yells excitedly that Shino's good you wouldn't expect that with him being all quiet uh, and that he can't wait to get his shot at him. Sakura thought Shino was weird before, but now it's even worse, right? It's like a bug hive. Um, Shino heads back into the stands where Hinata and Kiba, his teammates on Team 8, uh, try and congratulate him, uh, but Shino just kind of calmly says for them to go do the same. Kiba angrily thinks to himself, uh, who died and made him team leader? So at this point, you can see Kiba like always kind of wants to be the leader, and but he's feeling threatened by his teammate already. Like it's not like a super heavily spoken thing, but like you can see it there. Hayate Gecko then announces that they're gonna get going with the third match, when suddenly Kakashi appears behind Naruto and Sakura. Sakura immediately confronts Kakashi about Sasuke, asking how he is. And Kakashi promises he's fine and he's sleeping currently, but doesn't admit, but leaves out the fact that he's being kept under guard of the Anbu Black Ops. So I guess uh, they're confident in Orochimaru haven't actually left. Um, we know that uh, through previous dialogue that an entire unit from the Anbu Black Ops has been previously unsuccessful in capturing or killing Orochimaru. So, I feel like if Orochimaru really wanted to go back and get Sasuke, he'd probably be able to at this point, just based on what's already been divulged about his capacity versus the Yambu Black Ops. Back in the battle arena, though, the next fight is determined to be Konkuro, the older brother of Gara of the Sand Siblings, and Surugi, the third member of Orochimaru's spy unit with Kabuto and Yoroi pretending to be Lee Shinobi. Baki, Konkuro's sensei, thinks Konkuro may underestimate his opponents one too many times. So I guess evidently Konkuro has a thing about being too cocky and underestimating his opponents. But can you really blame the guy whenever he's teammates with Gara and Gara's out here turning people into like blood rain, literally? So, you know, it, it, it comes with the territory, I guess. Um, but 
as as Conqueror goes in to fight, Baki's like generally concerned about uh, Conqueror maybe underestimating his opponent and not going his way. Uh, Gara thinks of Conqueror as an idiot. This idiot, like it's always real like short bits of dialogue with him, but like you can tell how he feels. They square off, and Surugi warns that he ain't like Yoroi. He wasn't. He won't get careless even around kids. Surugi advises that Conqueror will give up before he gets hit with his jutsu, and that if he does, he'll make it short and painless for him. Conqueror says that he was about to say the same thing, but he can't promise that it'll be painless. Now, as he's saying this, he like takes the thing off his back and like slams it on the ground, like has it here, like real like cool guy style with it. Hayate says let the third match begin and the episode ends. And that's a fantastic episode. I really enjoyed it. It was fun getting to learn more about uh, Shino and what they have going on. But I have some notes here written down so let's just go over them in the way that I wrote them so I don't uh, step over my own toes. Um, so Kakashi's a real one for being down to risk his life to protect Sasuke, right? Um, big, big ups to Kakashi. Um, literally busted out his, his Chidori and was like, Alright, Orochimaru of the legendary Sanin, if you take another step towards my student, one of us is going to die here today. And uh, that was effectively enough to get uh, Orochimaru to turn tail. Um, and so, really good on Kakashi, man. Like, dude is literally a ride or die for the squadlings, and if that didn't prove it, nothing will. So, Kakashi is like, my fucking dude. The dude literally just stood up to one of the three legendary Sanin and, like, stared death paralysis fear in the face and, like, flexed on him. And so, uh, you know, the only thing is, Orochimaru did. Uh, give Kakashi an opportunity to attack before it was all said and done and he didn't take it but realistically that was probably a trap you know what I'm saying Orochimaru isn't going to let himself get killed um, he, he, be, he was ready to counter and it would have been a bad deal if Kakashi took it and so I think Kakashi played it correctly to be entirely honest uh, while Orochimaru already knows that Sasuke is an Avenger dude knew exactly what he was looking at uh, and cool on Kakashi for recognizing that is true and doing what he can to prevent that from being leveraged in a negative way uh, and it like sending Sasuke down the wrong path. Kakashi wasn't born with the Sharingan. He didn't have it uh, when him and Orochimaru had last interacted. Uh, and so he's come into the Sharingan somehow uh, as of recent. Orochimaru wants the Sharingan, the power of the Uchiha, and that's why he's after Sasuke, which, I mean, Orochimaru is already like one of the three legendary Sanin, big scary character. Imagine him with the Sharingan, it would just be out of this world. Shout out Zaku for being tough as nails, sad backstory. Orochimaru is a big nasty predator poaching poor kids to be his pawns. He's taken a couple L's this arc doesn't appear as though he's dead maybe he'll be back um, I can't believe his arms popped like balloons that's crazy bro like Shino the beast for being able to do that 
shout out Shino for being a scary good Shinobi, right? Like, in a weird way that, like, I don't think anybody could have necessarily been expecting with the bugs and the way that he's wielding them. Uh, them chakra-eating beetle armies are a tough deal whenever you're battling against a Shinobi simultaneously, right? Like, it's a coordinated attack between the hive and the occupants of the hive. Um, and so it's it's a tough fight whenever you're dealing with them and they bust out their little hive armies. Uh, while he's so inconspicuous, even uh, his village mates were unaware that he's basically a big, a big living beetle hive. Um, Neji had to lock in his Byakugan on him before they even realized what was really going on. Uh, it was cool that Neji was able to see that with his Byakugan. Um, that's a really neat skill. That you know, the Byakugan is like a really cool tool. And I guess that the Abarame clan is in fact uh, the Bugmaster clan of legend and belief. And uh, so the last fight is going to be Conqueror versus Surugi. And I can't wait to see how that goes. I don't think that we've really gotten to see much out of Conqueror or Surugi. And so it's going to be an interesting fight. Um, but with that, I feel as though I can pretty effectively put a bow on this episode. If I missed anything, if I misspoke on something, let me know in the comments. I want to make sure I have the record set straight. Um, you know, again, the point of this is to make sure that anybody who's watching Naruto has someone to watch it along with and, and can help keep them oriented. I know whenever I watched Naruto for the first time, it was pretty overwhelming to try and keep up with everything and understand it the way it needed to be understood. And, um, you know, only after a lot of watching was I able to really start getting it. And so, I hope that uh, someone out there really appreciates me putting in on this effort to uh, keep everybody coordinated and on the same page. Um, but at any rate, I really love everybody out there unconditionally. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Uh, this is Joshua, your Kona Hook companion. I'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace.